the hustle with Pat, Alex, and Cody. Hello, boys and girls, you beautiful people. Welcome to another episode of the Hustle Sports Debate Podcasts. Before we get into all that stuff, we just wish you had a happy 4th of July for those who are celebrating, and I hope you had a safe um, 4th of July. We hope you had uh, a memorable one. We hope you guys all had fun, you know, were safe and all of that good stuff. Uh, we took a little bit of, bit of a break. Uh, my mother actually got married on the 4th of July, so we were doing all preparations for that. And then so this past week, and Pat had a birthday. Pat's now legal enough to, to drink. I am not. I just turned 20, actually. Oh, you're 20. But... 20. Oh, so you're like wicked early. Ah, LOL. No, wicked late. My birthday not until July. Yeah, I have to go another year. It is awful. Well, you're gonna you're going into your junior year. Yeah. So I'm at the end of my junior year. So I'm later than everybody. Oh shoot! Oh, that's tough. Never mind. Pat still can't legally drink because Pat doesn't drink anyway. He's not 21 yet, right? (laughs) Of course not. Water and Gatorade. Why why would you think about that? Uh, no Alex today, which is fine. We should have him back for Tuesday. Uh, but Pat, we had an NHL champion crowned. We had Olympic trial stuff, and a lot of the Olympic teams are trying to fill up and uh, head over to Japan. So we have a lot of things to talk about. Well, let's first start off with our first topic of debate, and we will be in the NHL to start off. The Lightning made quick work, a gentleman sweep of the Montreal Canadiens, who had their miracle run that was halted at, you know, the, a juggernaut of the NHL. And, Pat, there's a reason why they were so – the Lightning were so good. You know, two key players being out for all of year, all of the year, basically floated away some of those cap restrictions that the NHL has, and they were able to resolve those and – basically be way over the cap during the playoffs. So, Pat, do you believe that this title should have an asterisk next to it or shouldn't necessarily count because of that tax uh, cap loophole that the Lightning partook in? I do think it should have an asterisk next to it. But here's the thing. The Lightning did what they did. My bigger issues with Gary Bettman. Basically... Obviously, on this show, I'm more of the hockey guy here. No offense to Cody. He knows he's not. But on this show, I'm more the hockey guy. So, to go a little more in-depth on what happened here. Steven Stankos and Nikita Kucherov basically got magically, I'm going to put quotes around, hurt at the start of the year. They set them out all year. And then they were magically healed and both were ready to go for game one of the playoffs um, where the cap, where the salary cap goes away. You can be over it as much as you like during the playoffs. But because they sat out all year, their money does not count against the salary cap because they're injured. Similarly to how in the NFL, if you get put on IR, your roster spot opens up. That is exactly what happened here. But because they basically sat them out, they can say that they're hurt or whatever. They basically sat out all year. That money they were able to re-sign their key depth people, the key people like Kalorn and Tyler Johnson and all the other defensemen, and gave them just enough wiggle room that they could, with some other financial loopholes and whatnot, they were able to trade for David Savard at the trade deadline, who solidified their third pair defensemen 
and he played very, very well throughout the playoffs. So it has to have an asterisk next to it. Did they play within the rules? If you ask the league office, they will say yes, but that is because Gary Bettman is a clown and he doesn't know how to run a league. He is the worst commissioner in sports. I will say he's worse than Rob Manfred, which says something. Um, he bl- they, they just blatantly ignored it. They won the cup last year where they proved it's a similar thing. And then they do it again this year. And they are the first back-to-back Stanley Cup champions in years. I mean, it's been a very, very long time. And now Pat Maroon has three straight cups, which is just crazy. Um, but they have to crack down on this. This is just insane. I, I don't understand how this was allowed, how Barry and how Gary Bateman let this happen. Kudos to the Lightning. They did what they had to do, and they got it done. And if the Bruins did it, I would be all for it. But they had an unfair advantage because they were able to spend more money and keep the roster together. And that's the whole name of the game in the NHL is – somehow finding a way to keep your depth pieces together and to keep your roster because your roster is always changing. And so I really don't know how this can't have an asterisk next to it. Yeah. I think I, I like how, I think my point, the point of your argument that I like the most is how you start off by saying it's not really the lightning's fault because it's all within the rules and they just did what was there. It's really that front office or the that top the NHL who lets this rule happen. I think it's just a simple fix that, you don't take away the cap for players that are injured. I don't, that, that does not happen. Um, well, in the NBA, you can get salary exceptions. So if a, one of your top tier player goes out, then you're able to spend X amount. So like I, for example, I know exactly how the money turns out, but if like one of your star players should making $30 million a year is hurt for on the season ending injury, you'll get like, you know, seven to $12 million of salary to spend on either a trade or a signing. I think that could be something that the NHL could explore. Um, but it's not really on the, it, it kind of reminds me of how, you know, back in the late nineties and even more recently as just two years ago, Steph Curry broke his hands beginning of the season, the warriors without clay, they were like, Take your time, Steph. Make sure your hand's fine. Make sure, you know, you're not going to put any extra stress on it. You know, you'll be fine. And they end up tanking the whole season, getting the number two overall pick, and then going about this way. The Spurs did that more recently than that. Back in 96, David Robinson, I think, hurt his foot or hurt his hand. And they're like, David, David, sit out. Rehab, make sure you're 135%. And then they got Tim Duncan. So that seems like the kind of the same mindset for a reverse outcome where they did that to maximize their potential, the Lightning did. While, you know, the Spurs and the Warriors were in a situation where they weren't going to compete regardless of who was on the floor. So might as well tank it away and make sure your star players were safe. Now, if the way you again and i'm not 100% up to date with you know kucherov's and stamkos's injuries quote unquote but it seems like they weren't really that injured it might have been a maybe they were fatigued from last season and the short off season maybe just give them a whole year to kind of rest 
if they were legitimately hurt, then you can't really blame. You definitely can't really blame the Lightning. And if they were hurt enough where, like, they could have come back in, like, late April and they pushed it up a month, then it's less egregious. But if they could have come back, like, the third week of the season or whatever the case may be, then it's, like, that's a little bit egregious. And especially with all the talent that the Lightning have, they could have afforded to take two of their, you know, top players. I know Stamkos is what he used to be back in, like, 2011 when he was, like, leading the league in goals. But Kucherov is a name I recognize and definitely one of the, one of the better uh, players in, in the NHL. And if you have him on the shelf and you're still by far and away the best team in the NHL, that's, that's something you can exploit and you can pay these players however much you want. And just to have them on the shelf to come in the playoffs. Um, I think regardless, whatever they win this cup, anyway, if they get matched up Montreal, I think regardless of obviously they were a little bit better than they would have been, but I think they still would have, beat Montreal Montreal which is one of those teams where it was really fun to root for them but you then you know they're going to meet their match at some point um but yeah I think if you if this keeps happening or or how egregious this was is a rule that has to be looked at in the offseason yeah so just some a little bit more info on the whole Kudrow situation he had a hip surgery in December and the recovery was supposed to be about five months which the timeline does kind of match up a little bit but Typically, normally, you still want to get them at least a couple games back, just get their reps going and whatnot. But Kudrov, through the first two rounds of the playoffs, he led the entire playoffs with 13 assists and 18 points through the first two rounds. Clearly showing his impact. And, I mean, the fact that he just it, – it just seems really efficient. They just come back game one. Like, both of them are just magically ready at the exact same time. It, it seems a little fishy. But – so – I think the Lightning's Cup was weak. The other thing is, I mean, I, when it comes to is the league's fault, is it the Lightning's fault, whoever it is, the Lightning did what they had to do. But there was no crackdown from the league. Similar to how we talked about MLB and the sticky stuff use, there was no crackdown. There was no one saying you are – there's no enforcement on it. So why not break the rules? Who's going to stop you? What's going to be the punishment? And – if you're say, oh yeah, take away like a third round pick or whatever it is, I guarantee you every team would say you if the price is to give a mid pick or whatever it is for a cup, they're gonna take that deal every day. Every day. And I mean Gary Bevan is just I can go on, on and on for days, for days about how I do not like him. But I you really can't fall the lightning. The other issue here is that the Canadians, the, this was one of the worst Stanley Cup finals we've had in a while. Yeah, this like, was awful. Like, I'm I mean, not a huge hockey guy, and I didn't hear – I didn't even, like, see a single highlight on, like, my Twitter feed until, like, game three. I was like, oh, this started? And, like, even though I'm not a hockey guy, I usually, like, at least look at the scores afterwards and see who's playing, and I'm at least aware of what's going on, but don't know. It was a five-game series, which is bad enough as it is, but sometimes it happens. The scores of these games, 5 one 3-1, 6-3, 3-2, 1-0. There are some big blemishes on there. 5-1 to one and 6-3 to three in the cup final. Can't happen. You can't, like, if you have an equally matched cup final, this shouldn't have happened. And the way that they set up the playoffs, and I understand Montreal went on a miraculous run. You, no one saw this coming. But you have to find a way that you don't have 
the Colorado Avalanche and the Vegas Golden Knights playing against each other in the second round. You can't have that happen. Those are the, the two strongest teams on that Western side of the bracket. You can't have that happen. I mean, this is like if in the NBA, if you had, well, I guess it did technically happen. If you had like the Nets and the Sixers playing in the second round, which I believe actually did happen. or did they play the, oh, that was the Nets and Bucks played. It was Nets and Bucks, but still. It's like you have two of the best teams playing in the second round. It takes away a lot of the excitement of it because it's so early on. You make that a conference finals game, then it's really something. And like, I mean, I guarantee you, if you ask every fan, would you have rather had the Lightning versus Colorado, Montreal, or Vegas? Montreal is the last pick of all of them. They were fun to root for. They're cool and whatever. But if they went up against two other juggernauts like Colorado or Vegas, this series is probably still going. It's a lot closer, and the league will look a whole lot better than letting a team who is $18 million over the cap wallop a young team who's trying to build. And, I mean, poor, Carey Price looked bad. He was a one-man. He got them here. And he just looked exposed. He didn't look – he looked shaky. I feel for the guy because I think he needs a cup to really cement his legacy. But this is not a good look for the Lightning or for the league. You got to put a, a little bit of an asterisk next to it, in, in my opinion. It's just – it's too big of an unfair advantage. If it's 2 or $3 million, I can deal with it. This is $18 million. In the NHL, that's your top line. That is a top line in the NHL. Yeah, it definitely seemed like that role was exploited, and, and that's something that, again, I think at the end of the day, it's, you look, well, there was a loophole, and they found it, and I am all for it. I think, um, you know, I've, you know, as a former competitor, I was trying to do everything that I could to, to, to be better, and if that's a loophole that they exploited, then that's just something that they, they're going to keep doing. It's just like the sticky stuff. Everyone just kept doing it and doing it and doing it until it was just clear as day that you had to change something. Um, so hopefully that rule gets changed. Um, up next, we have a, a hot topic in the world of sports and more of the world of Olympic sports. Sha'Carri Richardson became, I believe she had the sixth fastest time ever recorded in her respectable event. I think it was the 100 meter. Um, it, it, one of her events, she ended up having the sixth fastest time ever recorded um, or, or something near that. And then it came out that she was tested and came positive for marijuana. And in the Olympics, that's a no-go. You can't be doing that. How trivial it might be. Uh, and the rules says you can't have any sort of drug or whatever, this and that, in your system. She had marijuana in her system. Um, her reasoning was she was coping with the loss of her mother or the loss of a close relative. It was and her mother. It was her mother. Okay, good. Good thing I got that right. Um, ran one and then was told she can't compete, end up taking her 30 day suspension, which they, uh, had, which it would have put her right near the Olympics. So she still would have been able to compete, but in the Olympic team, then it's, uh, select her anyway. Uh, Pat, I'll start this one off. Should Shakira Richardson have faced, um, the punishment that she was given and the simple answers? no. It's 2021, and now there are two – I think there are two sides to this. Well, there's two competent sides, and there's also those 300 other sides that are just way too extravagant for my liking. And it's 
it's BS. It's weaves. 2021 changed the rule. This, that, the other thing, whatever. And then there's the other side where it's like, yeah, I agree, but it's still in the rule book. You still have to abide by the rules. She got caught with it. You can't really feel too bad. She knew what the rules were. And, and those are the two sand camps. There's one guy on Twitter who was saying, who was like making fun of her was like, Oh, you know, you have to smoke weed because your mom died. Brett Favre's dad died and then <laughs> went out and threw 400 touchdowns, uh, 400 passing yards and four touchdowns the next day. And then someone linked an article to him basically doing two months worth of painkillers every two days for his NFL career. So that guy got blasted, which I thought was funny. But I think all marijuana use in sports should just be allowed. And I think that at the end of the day, it's, it's much like the lightning conversation we just had. Like, is it stupid? Yeah. Unfortunately it is still a rule and it can, it still has to be applied, but marijuana use is it's, it's almost every single study shows that it's worse. It's better for you than drinking alcohol and you can't die because you smoke too much pot. You can die because you, you drink too much alcohol. There's so many other things that are way worse for you. It's, it's stigmatized the use of marijuana. And still today, and honestly, it was first stigmatized because of the use in the African-American community and basically it was used as something just racially profile people, this and that. We can get through the whole, you know, shebang if we wanted to. But the simple clear-cut fact is it's 2021. There's so much evidence. If, if you're, if people are given marijuana to treat cancer and treat pain. What are these athletes doing? If I played high school sports and my body was in shambles after practice, let alone elite level athletic competitions for these people who are running faster than people should be running faster and bashing into each other at 20 miles per hour. So no, I don't think she should have gotten as severe a punishment as she as she was given i think the rules for not just the olympics but all sports in regards to marijuana should be severely 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 lightened up even to the uh point of expulsion as in there should not be any penalties i can see maybe while doing an event like but i don't know i'm just so ton with athletes getting prosecuted for marijuana that it's just overwhelming so i want to start off this is a much much more complex issue than i think people are looking at it as i think a lot of people are taking it at face value of it's weed who cares about weed she smokes a little weed why can't she go to the olympics this is true and i I'm not going to fault her for why she did it. I get it. You lose someone that important to you and whatnot. I, I'm not going to go at her at that whatsoever. That said, it becomes a lot more complex because the Olympics are clearly an international competition. A lot. Very international. And the fact of the matter is, a lot of countries around the world despise marijuana use and feel very very strongly against it in the in the states we are just starting to ease up on it as i believe the nba as is allowing it right cody 
I'm not sure there, but I think they are the the least restrictive of the sports. Yeah. I believe the NBA has stopped testing for it. Um, yeah, that's that's what. That. Yes, they've stopped testing for it, and America as a whole is starting to really ease up on marijuana use as more and more states are allowing it to be legalized and use it medically and whatever else that they want to use it as. But when you look at a global competition, a lot of countries still say that is the devil. Like the, the marijuana, I don't want to see it. I don't want to touch it. It is offensive to me, our culture, whatever it is. So at the end of the day, you kind I think you kind of have to follow through with it. It, it sucks that, in America specifically, it's allowed. People do it all the time, every day, whatever. But when you go into an international Olympic competition, and it is stated in the rules that no one can do it, the hands were kind of tied to the Olympic committee. Because you can't say, you know what, that girl lost her mother. We can give her a special circumstance. Because then are you going to give a special circumstance to every single athlete out there? And it really opens up Pandora's box here and makes it a lot more complicated. I really feel for her. It's a horrible thing that happened. It's, I think the best analogy here is kind of like when during COVID kids were losing their graduations and their prom ceremonies, which like, it stinks that you lost that. But you kind of have to do it. It's awful. It's gross. I, I don't like it, but the, I think the Olympic Committee had to do it. I think they had to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, that international point is actually a very good point. And I didn't think I, I've never, I haven't seen that point come up. And that actually makes a lot of sense. A lot of people in the States haven't been talking about it, especially like on Twitter online, because we are just so used to yeah. it. Yeah. Americans being around, especially now that like, if we're just like, let's just be honest. Cody just graduated college. I'm in college. We saw marijuana basically daily. Yeah. But we, we were, we have had friends around it. We've seen people around it, whatever. So we are a lot more comfortable with it just as a society. But when you go to other places like the Middle East or Asia or Europe or wherever else, they can really crack down and be like, absolutely, like that is the worst like the law you can break is smoking weed or whatever it is so it becomes a lot more complex because it's like when you look at it from an american perspective it's bullshit she should be allowed to run let her go but then when you look at it from an international competition point it gets a lot stickier than i think people are realizing like if this is like i don't know say james harden or whoever it is in the nba uh, no one cares. America will not care. Let's just be honest. But when you go to an international competition, countries in the Middle East, Europe, Asia, Africa, wherever, they might really be upset about it. And you have to have a global outlook on this instead of just a U.S. one. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think the counterpoint for that would be, I mean, she was competing within the United States and I think it's it's BS forever, and I get that all these places have these rules. And you are right. I mean, it's in the rule book. It's unfortunate. It's the hands were tied there, and it's not like it, they went out of their way to really 
ruin this girl's dream or for at least right now. Like they didn't go out of their way. It kind of was a situation where you know, it's one of those things where it's not as taboo. So when it happens, you're like, well, why am I getting punished for it? Because we forget that it's in the rules. Yeah. I would say since they were competing on U.S. soil or whatever, I would I still think I would have just pardoned it. I don't know why they're still testing for it. I mean, like, in all realness, if, if they're smoking pot here and doing whatever, like, they're, it's not going to be as easy to get out there. Like, they can't bring it with them, you know, cross borders. And if they do, they have to get through all this stuff, this and that, the other thing. I don't know. I think that it's just one of those things where – it's such a primitive rule and it's like one of those rules that was like made in like 1900 and then like we still follow it today when everything has changed and it's there's no it's yeah i mean at the end of the day you are right like it's in the rules they did what they what the rules said boom but that doesn't make the rule any less aggravating any more frustrating any less uh, it still needs to be addressed. And I think just in all sports use of marijuana has to be dealt with. I mean, you have these, like, I hate how as a society within our sports, we would much rather have an athlete be addicted to painkillers or alcoholism because it serves a, a fulfillment for a huge company rather than just smoke a little pot and be fine. And I think that's one of those situations where it just needs to be changed and addressed and, Hopefully, I mean, unfortunately, she has to be the the scapegoat in this, but hopefully this can turn into she's the last one this happens to. Yeah, it it really is. It's a heartbreaking thing to do because this, especially because when it comes to the Olympics, your Olympic window is very short. I mean, I would say. Oh, yeah. You have one Olympic cycle for 80% of these athletes. They have one chance. They have one. If you're really good, you might have two. And then you get to the extraordinary, like the Phelps and the Bolts and whoever else that can go on runs like this for four or five or however many. It's just, I really do feel for it, especially because, like, she just lost her mom. She just did it a little bit just to deal with it. But, I mean, I do believe, even I know your point, Cody, was that it was on U.S. soil. I believe that the competition still has to follow the Olympic rule yeah. no matter where it takes place yeah. so i believe like the u.s has the same rules as australia and israel and like uganda or wherever else i'm not positive but i would assume that that's the rules um so i really do feel for it it's it's a horrible thing that happens that really it's a really hard stretch for her but i, I can wish her all the best and hopefully she can be back in a couple of years for the next one and get another crack at it. But it is, I mean, I don't think they're ever going to change the rules. If we're being honest, I, I think you just have to keep the rules, how it, how they are. Cause you can't, the last thing the Olympic committee wants is to piss off a country or two and have them drop out and have them say, you know what? We're never going to the Olympics again. You, that's the last thing you want, especially I understand if it's like, a country that sends like one, maybe two athletes a year. It's not that big a deal, but like hypothetically, let's say it's like, what if the U S dropped out of the Olympics and said, no U S athletes are going to the Olympics. That takes away from like half the Olympics. Those are half the athletes. So 
I think they have to keep the rule. It's unfortunate for her, but for once in my life, I'm agreeing with a rule in a league after I just sat up here and trashed Gary Bettman for 10 minutes. Uh, but like you said, the Olympic cycle is very – the Olympic life of an athlete is very short, and that's why we go into our next topic on whether these Olympics should even be played. Now, last year, Olymp- these Olympics are 2020. We're in 2021 because of uh, – unless you just woke up today from a four-year coma. Um, coronavirus happened, and we had to basically pilot the world for a little bit, and we pushed the Olympics to now. Um, recently, as of, I guess, I think two days ago of this recording, Japan hit a state of emergency where the Delta variant of the COVID vaccine, uh, the COVID virus, and basically they're in a state of emergency, much like some U.S. states were in the beginnings of the, lo- of the lockdowns and this and that, the other thing. Is it safe, Pat? We'll open up with you. Is it a good idea for the Olympics to continue on, or do you think the Olympics should be scrapped for this year in general? You got to scrap it. I think you have to scrap it. We all just sat here for the last year and a half, give or take, sitting in our houses for weeks on end and not being able to go outside, not being able to see people, not being able to go to work, people getting laid off constantly. And just watching across the globe, people were have to risk their lives left and right and millions of people dying from this disease. And now we're all just going to send hundreds of athletes. We're going to send thousands upon thousands of our best physically fit athletes and mentors and role models to Japan where they are hitting a state of emergency two weeks from the opening ceremonies two weeks from the opening ceremony and so then we can just bring them all back to our own countries by ourselves and then just restart the process again just for some sports i understand the olympics is the biggest event every four years as they should be i love the olympics you have to move on i'm sorry this sucks for tokyo it sucks for the people of Japan. It sucks for the athletes. But you have to pay. Like, do we really want to go through this again? Are we really willing to risk starting this ball again and starting this entire thing over for two weeks of Olympic events? Especially where you don't know what the vaccination process is for all these other countries. Yeah, that's exactly, yeah. The that's U.S. Exactly. is very... Far, somehow, the U.S. is very far forward on vaccines. We're getting people vaccinated. We're opening up again for the most part. But you don't know what these like second, third world countries might have, might not have, and whatever else. So it's like how, the risk is too great. And I feel for Tokyo. I really do. Especially because they just built all the stadiums, spent billions and billions of dollars in the infrastructure to host these one time and to get that money. And I think the best compromise here is to cancel these games, but then give Tokyo a different event in the future. Yeah. You got. I think for the next four years, whenever the next true Olympics is, put it somewhere else, but give Tokyo something like the World Cup or something like that, where 
it changes the narrative off the Olympics and how Tokyo hasn't been able to have them for the last two years. It changes the narratives, helps a little bit more on the PR side of it. Tokyo can still get their, mon- their international money and the broadcast money from uh, the World Cup and whatnot, which I think people like to pay more attention to because it's just like one tournament instead of like 18 gazillion events going on. So you, I think to- they could still make the money. They could make some money back out their stadium, put them to good use, and then the Olympics can move on and kind of get a fresh start in this chapter. It, it's a shitty situation. There's no other way to put it. There's no other way to put it. But I yeah. think you can't risk this. Like, but I want to put this in American perspective. Are we willing to send – I'm just going for household names here. Michael Phelps, Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, um, all of our track athletes, Katie Ledecky, and risk them all – the dying right now? Is that what we're willing to risk? Are we willing to risk more death and start this entire process over again just to watch some people run fast, jump far, and swim quick? That's how I got to stand on it. Yeah, I think I agree there. And I, unfortunately, it will not be canceled. They're going to do it. They already pushed it so far. And like I said, with how much money, they don't care. There's so much money involved. That's what they care about. So they will always care about no fans will be going as of right now. I think that's what they're going to say. Oh, we won't have fans. We'll be fine. But just like your point, And I think just the real thing is just the vaccination rate of other countries. We're not hundred percent sure of Japan is 15% vaccination rate. As of the last time I, I, when, when the post came out, I believe they attached that to the thing where like only 15% of Japan's vaccinated. And I mean, a little quick PSA. I think if you have the ability to, you should get vaccinated. I know there's a lot of um, animosity towards it for some um, people. I just think that just you got to do it. Like, just please don't like buy into the whole political aspect of it. It's not political. It's trying to keep you and everyone else alive. So that's my little PSA for everyone. Please get vaccinated if you're able to. but some countries, like I said, might not be able to. You have all these different strands all around. You have the Delta variant. Uh, variant. They have a new one, um, so another vi- a variant that that just is being discovered. Like this thing is is much like like a cancer, much like a flu. It, it it keeps evolving. It keeps trying to combat things, and we can't let all these countries bring people to one spot, have it fester, and then just shoot them back. Like you're bringing everything into a central hub in the Olympics and then putting everything once they're done with the Olympics, no one gives, gives a crap. Like when they're in the Olympics, like obviously there's going to be super strict protocols and this and that, the other thing. And they're going to have, like, I, I don't doubt that they'll do everything in their power to keep these athletes safe, but how many people have broken these curfews in the NBA and the NFL in in Ryan Lochte left the Olympic Village in the last Olympics and got jumped? Right, yeah. Well, like in Russia when it was all like super, <laughs> like that's it's just not good. Or, or back in in Rio when when Lochte was was last doing it, um, but it's just not safe. And I know it's been a year and a half, and we're all sick and tired of things not being the way it is but if you were if you were a school teacher pat 
and the kids had to go out for recess, but there are velociraptors in the playground. Would you let the kids out because they've just been in for a couple days and they have to get out? No. No, it sucks. And it it's awful and it's so tragic that we're living in this era and you know kids aren't going to school and and that's awful and sports are being canceled and there's a whole lot more to this whole thing than just sports being canceled and but it's dangerous like this thing's killing people (laughs) not to say that every single person will die but there's a good chance that you are more connected to someone who has died from covid than not I think, unfortunately, people who are so against this are the people who have been lucky enough to say that they've gone through this whole thing unscathed with them and their family and friends, and that's great. But there's so much more at stake than just your Olympic career, and it sucks, and you spend your whole entire life training and training and training and training, and something out of your control basically just blows up your spot. That's awful. And maybe if we were Olympic athletes, we would just say, I just want to play. I don't care. But it, it's just more than that, and I feel for it. I mean, I've had, like, my last ever season competing in high school athletics, I got injured, couldn't play the whole year. Fell into a depression that still sucks. And that was just me not playing high school basketball in, like, Division Two Rhode Island, let alone being on an Olympic scale. So I understand how much mental effect this will have on people and it's awful, but I think there are a lot more resources forces to help, you know, with your mental health and bringing people back alive. You know, how, even though how long ago Frankenstein was written, I don't think anyone's really replicated that over the past few years. And I just think, and again, I think it's American sense of view. Like, Oh, well, most of us are vaccinated or this and that like, you'll be fine but not these other countries, even Japan. You bring all these people to Japan, only 15% of the population is vaccinated. That can adversely affect so many people. Japan is one of the biggest metropolises in the world, Tokyo especially. How many people live in Tokyo? More than two. And the thing is, like, just logistically, you can't say, well, they can be as safe as they want. At the end of the day, the track athletes will be standing within six inches of each other. The swimmers will be passing each other. Share a pool. pool. They'll be sharing the same pool. And in the Olympic Village, I'm I could definitely be wrong, but I believe athletes like have roommates like from the same country for the most part or something along those lines. Depend like and they are on top of each other. Like I have never once heard of the Olympic Village being nice and spacious and nice. It is normally on like the deep back end section of the country where athletes are just all on top of each other. So I don't know how you can say, well, these can go off. Okay. I mean, honestly, what's the best case scenario here that only a few people get COVID that only a couple of you get COVID or like what does, what will it take to be, a good case scenario because honestly i can't think of one i can't think of a way where this ends well no there isn't one and again there's so much money involved and they'll they'll push these athletes to whatever and hopefully we look back at this and be like oh it was fine but i don't think so like i just feel like we're it just feels like every single time that and just just talking in in scopes of, of america 
every single time we make X amount of progress towards doing better, something happens and we just revert back to like, what are we doing? I, I, it just reminds me of Florida and Arizona just refusing to shut down all over again, where it's like, I get it. Like there's so many things that's going to be impacted, but the, the, the total disregard for just human life just kind of upsets me a little bit. I mean, we've, we knew that living in America, like kids are getting shot in schools and no laws are being put in place to help that. And that's kind of when I was like, all right, no one really gives it, gives a rats. Um, but it's just saddening. And it's like, I like, it's just at the end of the day, like so all these people making the money off the Olympics aren't going to the Olympics. And that's where that's, I'll end it there. The people who are profiting the most off the Olympics will not be going. So that's why they don't care. And to end off our episode with our historical debate, which we haven't done one in a couple episodes, but here we are. We're doing a historical debate. Best Olympic athlete. I'll start here, and I think there's a couple routes to go. In my head, the first two names that came to mind, um, one, one of which came because of impact, historical impact, and the other came because of success, I think the two names are Michael Phelps because of how insane he is. And I think he has what the most gold medals or the most total medal medals over anyone in the history of the games. Um, just absolutely dominated a sport that, you know, isn't on anyone's radar until the Olympics and just absolutely was the best athlete in their respective sports for multiple Olympic cycles. I remember 08 in Beijing. I remember watching him, I believe, in London as well in 2012. I mean, he was just – you got in the pool, and he made you care about swimming. He made you care about these events, uh, the relays, the solo events, uh, this and that, and he just blew everyone out of the water. You know, uh, see what I did there? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the other one that came to mind off of impact, I think, is Jesse Owens. In 36, goes to Germany – uh, Hitler just starts his regime um, and just is basically laying out the groundwork of his, you know, taking over of Eastern Europe during the Olympics and basically says that no one's going to beat my German athletes and Jesse Owens smokes everyone and gives everyone a nice little salute. I think that's one of the most, I think that is the most impactful Olympic moment of all time. Just everything going on socially, politically within all these countries and especially the stigma, oh, an African-American, a black man can't do this, can't do that. And then he just goes out there and does it. I think those are my two picks for the greatest Olympian of all time. Very solid picks. Michael Phelps is the first and it came to my head. So, um, oh, it's a great pick. Everyone knows Michael Phelps. And, Cole, you are right. He is one of the – he has one of the – He's towards the top in medals ever. He has 28 medals. 28, yeah. 28 gold Olympic medals. Um, I want to see how – I'll see – I look up how many uh, of each he has. But let's see. Yeah, he has 23 gold medals. <laughs> so out of 28 medals – this man has 23 gold, three silver, and two bronze. That's ridiculous. That 
is you really can't touch it. I think I this goal I want to connect. This is like kind of like in a past episode where Cody and I debated if you had a pitcher that you had to win one game with, who are you going with? And Cody goes, and Cody, and I remember Cody, you said this exactly. You said, All right, the topic is if you have a pitcher that your life's on the line, who do you pick and why is it Pedro Martinez? And this is exactly it. If you have an Olympic athlete that you need to win something, why is it Michael Phelps? It is clearly Michael Phelps. Like, he has to be the best. I mean, you're going 23 of 28, not only four medals, but with gold. Like, that's ludicrous. Absolutely ludicrous. Um, but for the sake of the debate, and just to bring the name out there, you got to take a look at Usain Bolt. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, like, of our lifetimes, you have um... – I think of our, our lifetimes, you have Usain Bolt's a prominent one. Apollo Ono is a prominent prominent one. I'm just Olympic athletes, obviously. Um, I also was looking at um, Lindsey Vaughn. Yep, Lindsey Vaughn. She's a good one. Sean White's a big one. Sean um, White was the other one. Depending, yeah, depending on how this – if this Olympics happens, Simone Biles could shoot her name into this conversation. How oh, And we talked talked about her in, I think, the previous episode. It's – yeah, there are so many Olympic athletes, but I think, like you said, I think it's just got to be Phelps. I think Phelps has to be number one. But, I mean, Usain Bolt, what I think is a little more impressive about Bolt is not only the fact that he won a lot, fastest man on earth, really put running on a map. I mean, everyone loves watching Usain Bolt, and everyone across the world knows who he is. But I love the fact that he – kind of put Jamaica on the map for athletics. Because, like, if you if you say who, you know, the, the athletic powerhouses in the Olympics are obviously the bigger countries. Russia, China, the U.S., and then you get to, like, the Danish countries, you know, Sweden, Finland, Norway, those ones. It basically goes by size for the most part. But Jamaica really, it's a small island country. Not that many people live there comparatively. And this man is the face of Olympic athletes, right? Bringing his country up all with pride. He has so much pride in his country. And he really put Jamaican running on the team. Because genuinely, I think when you think of that, of Jamaican events before Usain Bolt, I think people were just thinking about the bobsled team from years ago. And now the fact of the matter is you have the most dominant runner ever and running is something that every person can do like running is just that's just doing it like you say i'm bad at snowboarding i'm not a great swimmer everyone can run not maybe not well like i can't run well but i can run and he is the fastest man in the world and who has brought his own country up and i think that says that speaks volumes what phelps has done athletically cannot be touched cannot be touched but the what bolt has done for his country and where he's from can't it can't be discounted yeah i think if you look it just and we talk about how short an olympic cycle is phelps had what three or four olympics he went to like that's a, a large olympic career like that's like one of the best of all time like I think Carmelo Anthony has been a part of four Olympics. And I think, I think he was in yeah. 04, 
08, 12, and 16? Or may have just been 08? I think what? it was – wait, cause, no. Because wasn't, wasn't 04 the bad team? Yeah, I, I don't – I know LeBron was a part of that team, but I know Carmelo Anthony is like – yeah, if you want to look it up. I, uh, I, I know he's been a part of at least three, I believe four. I believe he was a part of that 04 team. You were right. He competed in four. He started in 2014. And two, sorry, 2004. And that's basketball where people have 15-year careers, and that's not too uncommon. But yeah, for a yeah. sport like swimming and, like, these sports, like, you need to be at the top, 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 top. And once you dip just a little bit below the top, someone's going to take your place. And Phelps being – how do can we get how many Olympics Phelps have been in? Uh, yeah, give me one second. Uh, I believe at least always got a four or five. Yeah, I don't know exactly what Michael Phelps – I mean, I've only started – I started watching Olympics in 08. I mean, I remember watching the Olympics in 08. And then, obviously, I've watched – the uh winter or olympic uh, sorry he competed at five but he did not medal at his first one in australia so he's been in five but he's medaled in four but that and regardless is just absolutely wild so i think you have to go phelps in terms of sheer productivity and the thing is what amazes me about athlete about the olympics across the board is how young these people are Oh, yeah. Like, your prime is, like, 19 to 22 years old. Which is insane. Like, when you look at, like, the NBA, the NHL, whatever, you're, the prime of your career, give or take, I'm sure maybe yours is a little different than my Cody, is probably, what, like, 23 to, like, 28, give or take? I'd say, like, your athletic prime in most of those sports is, like, 26 to 31. Like, okay. that's, yeah. like, within those age brackets is when you're at your peak physical dominance in a, in a sport like that. Yeah. And the fact, so, so you said, what, 20, 25? 26, 25 okay. to 31 ish. I think so, 31 is like the. Is, let's take a number. Let's say it's 25. If your peak is around 25 years old, you're too old in the Olympics, you're 25. You're doing it. You're on the Olympic stage seven years before your prime physical shape, which is just insane. Like, you look at the NBA. People typically come in around 18, whatnot, takes a year or two to adapt, and then they start being the star that they are or whatever. Like, you just go to the Olympics, and you just have to ball out from the get-go. Like, you literally have one or two events, and that's it. Like, if you mess up, you're done. You're not being heard from ever again. If you have a bad season when you're 18, everyone else will be like, oh, he's a rookie, he's a young kid, just making mistakes, whatever. There is none of that in the Olympics. And the fact that, like, Sean White was, like, 18 years old, give or take, at his first Olympics, doing all the flips and everything. And it brings up, probably, in my opinion, the most iconic news interview ever. Sean White went on the news after his Olympics. He had the gold. And he was saying, Stewardess had all seen the, the games, and, and they were just so excited to see me. And they're like, you have the gold? And, and I mean, I had, like... I had unlimited like service after that. I was getting drinks and I was getting <laughs> snacks and I mean I was taking photos in the back with all the all the students. Wait a minute, drinks? You're 19 years old. Yeah, I'm talking about Mountain Dews, baby. I'm talking Mountain Dews, baby. Instead, and I mean just to show how young you are doing this, it beats all of other sports in it. Like you have to be so good at so young. And literally, by the time you walk, you have to be training for the Olympics. 
and you still might not get there. It's just insane to think. And the thing that Phelps has 28 medals in five Olympics spanning 20 years. That's remarkable. And he is he in this one, Cody? Do you know? Phelps? Yeah. Oh, I don't think so. I mean, no. I don't I don't know if he's still competing. Me neither. I, I'm honestly not sure. But I mean, imagine if he goes for his sixth Olympics and crosses that 30 medal mark. I mean, that's when like you really touch your own. And to get a medal, like most people focus on that one event. Like they focus on the hundred meter dash or just the butterfly or the relay or like I don't know, skiing or like yeah, whatever it is. He's not compete. He hasn't competed since. Wait, what? Uh, it says he hasn't competed um, since 2016. That's too bad. That's too bad. Um. So all right. So he's done, which is fine. But I'm losing my train of thought here. Where were they at, Cody? I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> okay. I mean, still, I, I I wish he was going for 30. That would just put him in a league above everybody else. But, I mean, I mean, good for Phelps. He had, did everything else. But, I mean, if you make it to four or five, you got to be in the conversation with Grace ever, and good on him. So, and just to do that for so long, I mean, 20 years. Oh, that's where I was. The fact that Phelps did it across events. He did the butterfly. He did realize he's done freestyle. He's done all the strokes. He's done everything. And, like, meanwhile, most of these athletes are focusing on just one thing their entire lives in hopes of getting one medal. Never mind doing five events and getting 20. So I think that's going to do it for the podcast today. Uh, Me and Pat had some fun on this. Hopefully we get Alex in the next episode. Make sure to check this out on Spotify and Google Podcasts, wherever you get your um podcast we're gonna have episode uh i think episode six i think five and six or, or six and seven are gonna be released uh both tonight to so get a double feature um uh tonight um or later to tomorrow morning so make sure to share um your you know this to your friends and family also make sure to follow the twitter at hustle sports pod on twitter where we have polls where we have links to episodes just that and we're trying to get more active on there so Pat, anything else up to say? Uh, no, I think that's it. Just thanks for listening, and please just keep sharing it. Post it on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, wherever. Get like I please peer pressure people to listen. Yes, please. Like that. Like this is what we want. We want as many people to listen to this as you can. And the fact, like Cody, can you give a quick round of applause to the people who made it this far in the episode? A nice little hour in. Thank you for getting this far. We really appreciate it. Shout out to you. And now we're just going to ask one more favor. Get someone else to do it. Get someone else to listen to this far in. And um, let us know what you want to hear from us. So I think that's really it. Yeah, let us know what topics you want to discuss. We have the NBA Finals wrapping up. We have the NBA Draft coming up. We have a bunch of NBA stuff coming up. Baseball's hitting into the Home Run Derby uh, and the All-Star break. Uh, the NFL should be starting up and the NCAA should be starting up right around the corner. So a lot of sports to happen. We are about to hit like the dog days of summer where for a month or so it's going to be just baseball. And we love doing historical stuff and digging up research on this, especially when Alex is here. So if you guys have any creative historical debates for us, please let us know any sport across any platform, whatever it is, let us know. 
Like, we want to do, like, epic rap battle of the history type crossovers. Have us debate Conor McGregor versus David Ortiz or whoever else. Make it up. I don't care if you have – if you want us to debate wiffle ball versus, like, cornhole, let's do it. Just but wiffle ball, by the way. Let us know what you want. And it if you let us know what it is, I can almost guarantee you will be on the show. How about that? All right. So thank you all for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and we will see you next time.